I, uh, I just got here and I'm actually already getting stuff done and he is working away. So we'll be on in no time. Yeah, no, I'll talk to you soon. Yep. Okay. Okay. Bye. Hey all you witches, Starless Web here. And who else do I have here but AJ Margolis. What's going on AJ? Hey, I want to thank everybody for listening and uh, tell everybody that uh, it's another beautiful day in the hamlet of Merlin, Oregon. What can I tell you? What exactly is a hamlet, AJ? It is kind of like a... Mm, in a fantasy land, it would be like... Um, uh, just a little place out in, uh, let's say, I wouldn't naturally say the woods, but it would just be a place that you could just relax in and everything is beautiful. You know, the birds are chirping, there's a little breeze, and it's warm, and uh, you could hear the babbling brook, and uh, it's just a, a very peaceful place. That's what I believe a hamlet is, or should be. I feel like you just painted a picture with your words, which is exceptional. I mean, it's it's truly exceptional. For me, I think it would be exceptional, because you know, you know uh, AJ. You're a bit of a wordsmith. Uh, yeah, well. You're a ghostwriter and a wordsmith. I've been told that was a lot more, but never those two. Hey, I uh, I like the fact that there is a lot of things that you have been called, but not one of those. So I maybe have put a crown or knighted you in a different way. You know, I, I think that's good. I think it possibly is. You know, I've been just thinking today, and I've was on the computer a little bit going through my uh, my emails and uh, I managed to gosh I got some interesting things I thought I had a, a friend of mine that I knew used to know from work and God bless him he you know he still uh, remembers me and kind of good words I think and he is out in eastern Oregon in a little town called well, it's close to Joseph. I'm not sure exactly what town he's living in. But uh, when he retired, he wanted to get out of the hustle and bustle of the Portland area and moved out there. I think he's got a little farm out there, and uh, it's a small town. And uh, he just, uh, I was surprised because that's a very, very quiet place out there. And... The storm came through, I guess, yesterday, and it was um, it was dropping hail balls about the size of a baseball. Jeez. And it was just, it beat that town up. That, was, like, leaves some heavy damage, I can imagine. Well, and he, his wife uh, was picking up their grandkids, uh, and uh, she has a Toyota, uh, I think it's a, Four by four, I can't remember what they call the Toyotas, but it's uh, like the station wagon type. Oh, the Forerunner. Yeah, the Forerunner, 
And uh, it came down on her, and she pulled over and uh, go ahead and got the kids on the floor and covered her, covered him with blankets. And he sent pictures of the car, and the car is literally totaled. It uh, blasted the windows out, and uh, it it just demolished the car. And uh, they got home, and luckily everybody was okay. And uh, but there was a lot of lot of damage to the town and to the car. And they were saying it was a small tornado with uh, a company in the hail. So, damn. Hope it's over. And I'm glad nobody was injured. And that's the main thing. But you know, in life, we never know. Um, we never know minute to minute, you know, it's, um, it's strange. It is, it is. Life is very strange and it can be awkward at times, but when you do have a situation like that, you're just happy that everyone's safe. It's like, you, we do go through so many weird things in life and I think sometimes we look at stuff in a way of, this is such a big deal at this moment, but then you hear about something like this where it's like, you know, people could seriously get damaged and hurt in something like that. And it's like, it doesn't really matter some of the smaller things that we deal with as long as people come home safe at the end of the day. Well, that's true. You know, we were through uh, an earthquake and uh, it would just uh, made us believe that life can change in a matter of minutes. And uh, luckily we were uh, okay. Um, the house and the... Uh, took uh, a fair amount of damage, but the main thing is everybody was okay. Yeah. We, we were able to walk away from it and talk about it. And Absolutely. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. Well, I think uh, we should double check this and make sure the audio is good. So Sounds we'll take a little break. We're trying something new. You see my new fancy headset? Yes, I like that. Yeah. They, they match your shoes. Well, oh, thank you. Well, that wasn't the... I've had this headset. I got it gifted to me. It was like a hand-me-down from somebody else that didn't need it. But it's because I always end up uh, moving my mic around, and I'm fidgety and everything. And so I have this issue with, you know, because I'm doing different stuff, and I right. just needed something kind of hands-free. So normally if I'm at home, I would have, like, my boom mic stand and everything. But when I'm here, I'm sitting on the floor of your office just like a little kid that I, you know... Well, so, that brings back memories. Right? So, it's like one of those things where I'm sitting here with my notepad, my teal green pen. I got my little headset on now so I can be hands-free. I got my phone, which I did not have when I was a kid. I had a Nokia, actually, when I was in high school. Times have changed. Times have changed. Yes, but, you know, we'll, we'll make sure because I think we're onto some good stuff. I got your mic, I think, set up properly, which... It sound. I mean, I don't know how it sounds. I think it's it gonna hopefully good. sound good. You're gonna get to hear it in a minute. I'm gonna let you actually listen to this audio. So, we will be back, all of you listeners, in a minute. And if this is good, then you guys know. If you guys hear this, that we succeeded. That's, That's almost true. like a time capsule in a podcast episode. That's very true. All right, we'll be right back, listeners. All right, we're back, and that's a time capsule. That is. It really is. So you know what else is a time capsule? Is uh, back in the 1800s, 
Yes. They, you know, there's different things that kind of uh, were big about the 1800s. We know that they had some different hairstyles, different ways of life. But one thing that they did have as, like, a wealthy uh, kind of standing when you have people come over to your house and play, like, yard games, I imagine, like, croquet when you're drinking tea, was having a garden hermit. Mm, you got your own hermits. Yeah, and I mean, this isn't like... So for us now, we have these garden gnomes, and that, you know, is where this comes from. So that's my segue in, is like people that do have the garden gnomes. The mm -hmm. original heritage behind it is the fact that there used to be garden hermits. So you watch this little video. What do you want to talk about with this? What do you want to give people is like the pavement of the laying grounds of the garden gnomes, of the information that you got out of it. I mean, there was a lot. There was a lot. And surprisingly, because I never thought, you know, I like I liked the garden gnomes. And if you yeah. want, I can actually just read. I actually wrote out what the... Uh, the, like, I guess, what would it be, the uh, newspaper uh, ad? Sure. Yeah, yeah the newspaper ad good. for a garden hermit. So you guys can get a good idea. But this is basically, wealthy people would have a hermitage. And they basically wanted to do this so that people would be able to uh, have a... It showed, it showed, like, a wealthy standing. Like, you had this person that was living here, and they wanted to almost look like a druid. And a druid would be almost like a wizard, from what I understand. Mm -hmm. But it, the actual thing said, uh, the ad so, said... So this is, it would, it would kind of set your, your status. Yes, exactly. Yep, that's perfect word. It would be a status symbol. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it says, he shall be provided with a Bible, an optical glass, a mat for his feet, a hassock for a pillow, and an hourglass for a timepiece. Water for his beverage and food from the house. He must wear a camlet robe and never under any circumstances must he, must he cut his hair, beard, or nails. Stray beyond the limits of Mr. Hamilton's grounds or exchange one word with a servant. Wow. Yeah. Sounds pretty straight. So they basically, they would live, you know, in these little corners. It would be like a little shack. It would sometimes be like something kind of built in to uh, a hillside. What it reminded me of was like like a hobbit house from like Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like kind of in the hillside. Um, it was a tall order for most men. Most men would only last a few months. But, I mean, what they were offering as far as the wage would be close to like for this, you know, like five to seven years, because that would normally be what it would be. It would be like a servitude. They would do it for like five to seven years, and they would give them almost like, uh, well, it would be over a million dollars. I want to say it was like $1.3 million almost. Wow. So, I mean, like you're giving up. It's almost like you're a prisoner for that time, but it's like what type of life do you live afterwards with that money? Well, and actually it doesn't sound that bad for that kind of money, honestly. Uh, gosh, then what do they do after that time? Do they get another one and they start all over? Is this kind of like a, an ongoing... I, you know, I, I didn't get into it that much. My notes that I wrote here said that uh, it was a tall order for most men. Most men would only last a few months or a year. Um, it would break 
most people, the tenure that they would have to, because some of them would be actually a tenure. And so if they broke the tenure, they would actually forego payment for any of the services during that time. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, like, say you signed up for, like, a tenure. Yes. And then you get, like, seven years into it, and it's like, you get no pay for that seven years. Um, wow. It says the living, living quarters of the life was a small shack, or they offered them... Um, something that was kind of like a little, like, guest-looking, like, house. Um, it would sometimes be like a physical symbol of solitude that they would have out there because it would be away from everything else. And uh, it would kind of also be a symbol of, like, near-death solitude um, type thing mm. that they would have out there. So it was kind of like a symbol of, like, this person's wanting to live, like, their last bit of life here on my property in solitude, which I don't really yeah. understand how that's, like, a good thing. That sounds kind of like a, being a monk. It does kind of, actually, yes. Um, you know, the main thing is they don't talk to guests. Um, they would be in charge of being, like, ag agricultural like type stuff like just keeping things maintained um and yeah they would basically want to have a hermit there so they were really hard to find so sometimes people would kind of make it look like a hermit was living there or that one had just left a new one that was about to arrive if they actually didn't have a hermit um but it was like basically like a status symbol for these people and it's weird to me because, like, we were watching the thing and it was like they were, they would have these prestige gardens, but then they would try to make them look like they were, like, little, like, stone villages and, yeah. like, little pathways and stuff. And it was, like, it was kind of weird. It was almost like a, a fairy garden. Right, right. Like, I, I don't understand it, but, like, hermitage. Well, you know, there are some hermits. Um, I've run into a few out here, believe it or not. Uh, I ran into a gentleman at, at one of the supermarkets uh, here. This has been a couple years ago. And, you know, we were in the meat department, and this gentleman, uh, everybody else around had a cart, you know. And he had a, one of those flatbeds, and he had it stacked to the top. And he was in front of me, and my God, he was ordering, he kept ordering more and more meat, you know, and I I, I said, you know. Are, are uh, you building the cow or a pig? <laughs> I said, you know, uh, that's an awful lot of stuff you have here. He said, yep. He said, um, I, um, I live up in the, uh, up in the hills. And I said, oh, really? And he said, yeah. He says, I only come to town twice a year, and that's when I buy all this stuff. And he said, I don't have any electricity. I don't have uh, any any of the things that, that a normal person would have. And I said, so you just, what do you do? You just, you know, look around up there or what? And he says, uh, no, he said, actually, I built a, a little lean-to type shed that I live in, and he said, I have that uh, little piece of land up there, and he said, I'm a gold miner. And I said, oh, really? He says, yeah. He says, uh, part of this uh, uh, land that I own has uh, a little uh, water running through it there, a little creek type thing. And he I said, well, do you really, you know, pan for gold and go ahead and 
get anything out of it. He said, oh, yeah. He says, a matter of fact, let me show you something. And he pulled he pulled his thing out, and it was on a like a necklace. It was a nugget, and it was on a necklace. And he said, this is one carat gold. And he said, I found it on my property up there. And he says, I find, uh, you know, a lot of small stuff, uh, gold coming through. And he said, I then I take it down to the... Um, the place down here, the uh, assayer's office, and they um, give me uh, what it's worth. And he said, that's the way I live. He said, I don't like people. I don't like to talk to people. And I said, well, I'm glad you're talking to me now. He said, oh, yeah. Yeah, he said, I don't like to talk to people that bug me. And he said, people bother me. He said that. And um, he, you know, we are open carry here. And he did carry a pistol on his side and uh, <clears throat> so I took him serious I'm sure a lot of other people did they, everybody seemed to give him strange look but walk wide you know I guess uh, the only reason he talked to me is because I was waiting for my turn but he was very interesting there are some very interesting people out there if you just take the time to talk to them and get to know them you just never know who's going to have a common kind of like deal with you and you would just never know unless you take the time to actually sure. open up and have a conversation with someone that is very true so uh you know we've had some very <clears throat> interesting things that we've talked about in the past and that we said we were going to touch on again and one of them was the great 27 club the curse of 27 people Ooh, musicians yeah. artists actors who died at 27 most of them actually had said that they knew that they were going to die before they were 28. I read something about that. Yes. So, I got a list. Jim Morrison. Mm -hmm. 1971, heart failure. We got Anton Yelchin. Do you know who that is? No, I don't. So, he was a very interesting one. Odd Thomas movie. He played Odd Thomas in the Odd Thomas movie. He was also in Star Wars. Or not Star Wars. Oh my god, people will hate me for that. Because, like, they get pissed if you mix those two. He was in Star Trek. Star Trek. Oh. Yeah. So, not Star Wars, Star Trek. Mm -hmm. Big difference. Um, he ended up having kind of a freak accident happen. But he died when he was 27. Very gifted, talented um, actor. Basically, what happened was he had a Jeep that ended up rolling up against him and a um, brick pillar, I believe it was. It was like a gate or a pillar, and it crushed him, and Ooh. he ended up dying that way. Um, Jimi Hendrix, uh, they said he died of sleeping pills in 1970. Yeah, an overdose. Uh, Amy Winehouse, uh, overdose. Yeah. Uh, Janis Joplin, she... Mm actually died 16 days after Jimmy. You know, she was one of my all-time favorites. No doubt. Janice, uh, I thought she was great. She was great. Um, she died of heroin overdose. Right. Um, she used to always say that 13 was not going to be as unlucky as 27. Ooh, really yeah. interesting, right? Right. Um, so... 
This one got me because I actually had a huge crush on this guy for like the longest time. Jonathan Brandis. He was in Ladybugs. He is, um, he was like a teenage heartthrob type person from like in my era. He was in a Never Ending Story, Sequest, It. Gotta love it. But uh, a Never Ending Story, uh, Hearts War, Aladdin. He died in 2003. The year that I graduated high school. Very sad. He hung himself. Um, wow. Uh, we have Kurt Cobain. Shotgun, 1994. Mm. We have Kristen Fatt, who um, was a drug-related and uh, was also in the same band as Courtney Love. Huh. So kind of interesting that both Kristen Fatt and Kurt Cobain died in 94 and uh, Kristen Pat was drug related. Kurt Cobain, as we know, it was a shotgun, but he did have large amounts of drugs near him. Courtney Love, though, very interesting. And I think if yes. you do look into it, I want to say that she actually had accused, like, Kristen Pat of um, having relations with Cobain or, like, wanting to kick her out of the group or whatever. Um, Brian Jones. Rolling Stones, mm. 1969, right. Death by Misadventure. Misadventure? What is that You know, I, I wrote that in there, um, obviously for a reason. Death by Misadventure. Let's look that up. Okay, so if we look up Wikipedia and we look up Death by Misadventure... It says, in the United Kingdom, a death by misadventure, as recorded by coroners and on the death certificate, is associated documents that is primarily attributed to an accident that occurred due to a risk that was taken voluntarily. In contrast, when a cause of death is listed as an accident rather than a misadventure, this implies no unreasonable willful risk. Misadventure is legally defined as manner of death, a way in which an actual cause of death, trauma, or exposure was allowed to occur. For example, a death caused by an illicit drug, uh, drug overdose may be ruled a death by misadventure. As the user took a risk of drug usage voluntarily, misadventure is a form of unnatural death, a category that may include accidental death, suicide, or homicide. Hmm. So it's kind of a blanket. Interesting. So, and, uh, yeah, I thought that was a very interesting one. It was a brick pillar and a jeep for Anton Yelchin as well. But the 27 Club. Like, they're all yeah. different deaths. Like, you would... Like, because some people were saying, like, well, they're all drug overdose. Uh, a lot of them are. A lot of them are. But um, getting crushed by a Jeep... That one's a weird one. A that one's a weird one. But then some of the people that, like, called their death and, like, said, hey, this is something that, you know... You know, I, that's interesting because, you know, death to me is very interesting and I know it sounds morbid, it sounds, you know, whoa. But when you stop and think about it, you know, I, I started to read a lot of things on it. What happens at death? And they decided that there was uh, some professors that ran this test, and they got somebody that was uh, just getting ready to pass 
over, and uh, they had a, a, a like a, a weight on him, um, and he was laying on the table, and they had this scale, and it showed how much he weighed, and then just as he passed away, the scale went a little bit lighter, and, and I don't know if it stayed there or it went back down, but they they uh, demised that it was his soul leaving his body. Now, is does that happen or doesn't it? And who knows? Um, I have been with people as they crossed over, and, and uh, they look so peaceful at the last you know, a few breaths, and, and I don't know if that is just because that they're out of pain or what it is, but it is, to me, it, it's always interesting, and then also you have where people have passed or been on the line of passing, and they do remember uh, somebody telling them not yet, and they have come back, so... It's very interesting, and unfortunately, we'll never know until we're there. I watched a Golden Girls episode recently, and Sophia was saying that she had her husband that met her in heaven, and he was like, it's not your time, go back, I can't wait to see you, though, when you come back. And I'm like, that is that is kind of one of those things where you do hear people say that, though, and it's always yeah. a loved one, and they're like, you know, it's like a known thing. Um, so, back to the 27 Club. Did you uh, know who the first member of the 27 Club was? No, I don't. Do you have any guess of what profession? I'm going to say he was probably an actor. Musician. 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 So the musician is Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson is said to be the very first person of the 27 Club, but they also said that he's the very first person that actually uh, went ahead and made a deal with the devil. Huh. Actually, I wonder what that deal was. Yeah, they said the pattern started um, in 1969 to 1971. That was when the pattern of the 27 Club originally started. They said that basically um, in 2003 they had repeat talk about it and starting to see that there was actually way more of a tie to it and that was where they were able to kind of start to see it. They said that basically Robert Johnson... Um, He's got an interesting story. Basically, in 1930, he went to a venue and tried to play. Uh, he went on stage, tried to play in front of people, was booed off stage, had stuff thrown to, at him. Very traumatic event. Uh, he walked away. And they said they saw him walking down a dirt road. A year later, he comes back and to the same exact scene. And then comes in and plays... A seven-string guitar. Wow. And he plays basically at this, like, place that he just got booed off. Like, this is not the same person. The person that came here a year ago couldn't even play. Now we have this guy that just rolled in. He's not playing a six-string guitar. He just threw on a seven-string, and he's wailing on this thing. So, basically, they said, you know, when they had asked him about it, he said that, like, he went away for a year. Well, they kind of put it that he went to the crossroads, made a deal with the devil. He was at Highway 49 and 61 in Mississippi. And that he has the skills in exchange for the life 
to live to 27. Huh. Is what his story. So he made 29 songs total in his lifetime. Um, he was such a great artist that he inspired people like Eric Clapton and Keith Richards. And his passing was a complete mystery. People do not know what happened to him. Um, they basically said that there was multiple things that they think could happen to that could have happened to him. One thing is that they're saying that he was poisoned by a jealous husband. Um, somebody's, you know, husband was very jealous of his wife's attention towards him. Um, and who they think that was, was John Hammond because he was looking for Robert after he was dead. Wow. So like kind of almost trying to make it look like, mm-hmm. and everybody knew he was famously dead. So then they got this guy like, whoa, okay, whatever. Um, so then the other thing is, is there was no special treatment when he passed. It was like, no one talked about it. There was like, I mean, huge musician and he dies and no one is even like acknowledging it for a year or knows about, like he goes missing. They think he's just on the road. Like, you know, there was some very weirdness Mm -hmm. with it. Then when it was asked about what had happened for like what had happened, they were like, oh, well, he actually had syphilis and it was just so far along. We couldn't actually treat it. Um, And so he died. And so people are like, okay, well, where's his grave? They're like, uh, we must have mishandled his body. And they're like, mishandled the body. And so there's no headstone, there's no gravestone, there's no resting spot, there's no body, there's nothing. Wow. And so it was like when people just started to ask questions because they were like, where is this great musician? We haven't seen him for a year. And it was like when one person comes up and starts looking for him then it's, like, a whole big thing. So it's very weird with the whole thing because he had always said, like, you know, I exchanged many years of life for skills. And he would tell people, like, in his songs that he would write that he would only live to 27 and Mm. that he met the devil at the crossroads of 49 and 61. Wow. Which equal 100. That's something. Isn't that an interesting one? So that is is like the start, basically, of it. Um, You know, Brian Jones, who we had talked about with the Rolling Stones, he was basically in a drowning accident with alcohol and drugs is what they have listed when I looked into that a little bit further. And there were a lot of questions around his death and factors around his death that went unanswered um, to the public. Like, they're, they have to be documented somewhere, but they weren't open to the public. And it was like, you know, respect our privacy type thing. Mm-hmm. So, that one's an interesting one as well. Because misadventure has been listed. Drowning due to alcohol and drugs. Not being able to save himself was another one. Wow. That, that was a lot to think about, huh? Yeah. Um, gosh. You know, uh, I was listening to uh, some program here, this has been quite a while back, and they said that they're one of the one of the Beatles had passed away earlier and he was replaced by a double. Yes. And uh, they could never really prove one way or another, but I often wondered um well, I can't remember which beetle it was, for one thing, but um, I I've, I've totally heard this. I've heard about this one. 
there's some really weird um, stuff with that because we've kind of talked on this before about the Mandela effect. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, there has been people that have said that there was like news articles that they found out very later on that were fake. And what they think it was was like cover up of something else. So they like put something else out there because in news wise, if there's a big thing and it's like the biggest equivalent that I could put out there is like the day that Michael Jackson fair Fawcett died. When Farrah Fawcett died, people were like, oh my gosh, and then Michael Jackson dies like a couple hours later, and no one even remembered that Farrah Fawcett died. Like, some people, what blows my mind is some people actually think that Jane Fonda and Farrah Fawcett are the same person. Wow. I I never thought of that. But Um, I mean, like, some people, because of the hair, and -hmm. it's like one of those things where they're like, no, she's still alive. So, like, sometimes I wonder if that's part of the Mandela effect as well, where I'm just uh, like, people do not, like, understand... Like, I guess, yeah, whatever. But we should probably take a break. Yes, let's take a break and and, uh, let's ponder that one. I know, uh, right? Because, I mean, that just opened up a can of worms. But I do have some some things I was going to actually talk to you about. And you may want to actually look at these ones before we, uh, we bring these ones up. So maybe this will be a good time for me to be able to go and have some, uh, little videos for you to watch as well okay that sounds but, great you know i feel like we do have a solid episode right now at like a little over a half an hour so maybe we just have this be our first episode yes i will uh concur yeah so well i'm gonna end it with later witches and i'm gonna end it with saying thanks again for listening to us and we you know, we're open for suggestions on what to talk about. I mean, we, you know, we uh, we like to entertain. He's a people person. Well, I've been called a lot of things, and people person. You know, people have said that, but I'm I'm not sure. Oh, you're um, a charmer. You are very. You're very, very, very charming. Well, thank you. Yeah, and uh, not just yeah. to me either. Well, I know I'm not charming to you. <laughs> Aww. No, you're charming. Uh, we'll, we'll get mushy on another episode with each okay. other. Okay. Yeah. That's so, it. later, witches. Later.